Emmy award-winning comedian John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time only on Netflix. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Love It or Leave It, Back to School Edition. You know what that means. Kendra gives me a swirly. I steal Brian's lunch money. Brian stuffs Malcolm in a locker. And Malcolm gives Hallie a cigarette to smoke under the bleachers. Because we're all bullies you root for here at Love It or Leave It. And what a bully show we have for you. Marcelo Arguello guests the cost of drugs on the mean streets of Los Angeles. As provided by the LAPD. London Hughes decides which side of the pond is better and then helps you figure out how to handle your bullies. Congressman Ro Khanna is here to bust some trust. And Bobby Burke trains that queer eye of his on questionable design choices and the rant wheel because summer is over but i'm still hot under the collar and you all have to pretend to be a much bigger audience (laughs) you're doing great hey you're doing great everybody just crushing it you seem like twice as many people but we can do better but first let's get into it what a week Tucker Carlson aired an interview with a convicted con artist named Larry Sinclair, who in 2008 rented a room at the press club in Washington to claim that back in 1999, he smoked crack and had sex with Barack Obama. Yes, pulled up in a bar outside, and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack two hundred and fifty dollars to pay for coke, putting a line on a CD tray to snort, and next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. Personally, I was pretty surprised by Obama's response to this. Yes, we did. Okay. (laughs) Just to note, the press club event in 2008 ended with Sinclair being arrested for an open warrant in Delaware. For blowing Joe Biden, shouted Sinclair as he was removed from the venue. (laughs) Anyway, obviously this is ridiculous. Obama isn't gay. If he were gay, would he have been able to resist this? (laughs) Strutting... Strutting up and down the West Wing hallways, looking all sexy, my Jose Banks suit pitted through even though my bike was an e-bike. When Sinclair first claimed to have had sex with Obama in 2008, a political blogger challenged him to a lie detector test. Sinclair failed that test, then claimed the blogger rigged the test with the help of Obama advisor David Axelrod. If you know David Axelrod, imagining him rigging any kind of technological device is about as plausible as imagining him free soloing to the top of El Capitan. A judge declared Donald Trump liable for defamation in E. Jean Carroll's second lawsuit against the former president. The only question for the jury will be over damages. Defame me once, shame on you. Defame me twice, we're skipping to damages, you fucking idiot. Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, an investigative legal group, has filed a lawsuit against Trump claiming a clause in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution prevents him from running for president. We've got him this time, tweeted a resistance wide mom as her lonely two-year-old develops a lifelong anxious attachment style. Imagine. (laughs) Turns out apparently Trump can't be president because he's already required to take the job of the man he killed at the insurrection, Santa Claus. (laughs) 
<laughs> Meanwhile, a handful of Trump's dozens of co-defendants in his four criminal cases have begun flipping against him, with their lawyers blaming the former president for their actions. Who could have imagined that a group of the most opportunistic, treasonous people in America would be capable of such betrayal? <laughs> this is an important lesson, I think, though, for people, especially for kids. Look to your left. Look to your right. Are you the most famous person involved in a vast criminal conspiracy? It might feel good in the moment. <laughs> but it's dangerous. You, gotta, you, don't be, you don't wanna be the top person in that thing. Just having a Rudy there, is, that's safety. <laughs> On Tuesday, former head of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, was sentenced to 22 years for his part in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Things seem hard for him right now, but it's about to get a lot better. Imagine if you went to jail for the crime of loving Hillary Duff too much. You loved Hillary Duff so much that you rioted because she fucking rules. And then you go to prison and a year into a 20-year term, who's your new roommate? Multi-hyphenate singer, actor, shining star, Hillary Duff? It's cool as hell. On Tuesday, Mitch McConnell released a letter from the Capitol's on-site doctor saying there is no sign that the Senate minority leader had a stroke or seizure, despite two incidents in which McConnell froze while speaking on camera. So everybody can relax. The Senate minority leader is just an ongoing medical mystery. <laughs> well, as a society, we are treating Mitch McConnell like a check engine light, like something is clearly wrong. <laughs> we don't know what it is. And every once in a while, he just stops and he just hit him on the back of the head and he starts back up again. <laughs> when someone fucking freezes mid-sentence and stands there for 30 seconds in a stupor and they have to escort him off, it's not reassuring when the doctor says we don't know what's going on. You want to know, like, oh, good, we figured it out. The doctor concluded the letter by saying, now, if you'll excuse me, I have several living corpses in my waiting room who need to be told that they're senators and healthy enough to serve. Then in a Wednesday press conference, McConnell said that he had no plans to step down, telling reporters, I have no announcements to make on that subject. I'm going to finish my term as leader and I'm going to finish my Senate term. He then stood there until Thursday's press conference. <laughs> Meanwhile, when the San Francisco Chronicle asked Dianne Feinstein on Wednesday why the aging senator had given her daughter power of attorney, Feinstein said she had not. Later, she called back to say that on second thought, she had. And even more encouraging, during the second call, she sounded much younger. <laughs> just, <laughs> just by... <laughs> that's like, look, we got some diarrhea stuff coming, don't worry. But other if it weren't for the week when someone had diarrhea on a plane so bad it's news i that would have been my favorite joke <laughs> Just five weeks after Judge Janet Protasiewicz was elected to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, thank you, I said it correctly, Republicans in the state <laughs> have called for her impeachment despite the lack of any grounds before she's heard a single case. Why? If she is impeached, even if not convicted and removed, she would not be allowed to sit for cases until the inquiry is resolved, which would deadlock the court at 3-3 and stop the court from throwing out gerrymandered maps and protecting abortion access. Is this a disgusting attempt to subvert democracy and overturn a fair election? You be the judge. Please. Be the judge. They've impeached all the judges. On Wednesday, Mexico's Supreme Court decriminalized abortion nationwide, making abortion legally accessible in all 32 states. Yeah, do it. Uh, hey, this is Mike over at Border Patrol. Uh, this is a new one. We've got some people swimming the other way. I, they're okay, but I just don't, I don't, I don't stop those ones, right? 
I let those ones through. That's somebody else's problem. I stopped the ones going this way. I'm Mike. (laughs) While reporting on a string of robberies in the Chicago area, a news crew was robbed at gunpoint during the recording. In addition to the crew's personal items, the assailants also took the news station's camera. This was then incorporated into a new report from the station about Chicago's troubling rise in dramatic irony. Some... (laughs) Some 70,000 people were trapped at Burning Man over the weekend after heavy rains hit Nevada's Black Rock Desert and turned the roads in and out of the festival into thick mud. Hey, what do you call 70,000 people trapped and starving at Burning Man? A good start. (laughs) (laughs) Tragically, one death has been confirmed. Sorry. Tragically, only one death has been confirmed. Sadly, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner have filed for divorce after four years of marriage. A source reportedly told TMZ Joe had access to a ring cam that he said captured Sophie saying and or doing something that made him realize the marriage was over. I love this. A single detail with a level of vagueness that says, hey, let your imagination run wild. Was Sophie Turner out on the front porch in the middle of the night fighting coyotes and eating out of the garbage like a raccoon? Almost certainly not. But this statement holds space for that beautiful possibility. Authorities apprehended two people after discovering someone had smashed a huge hole through a section of the Great Wall of China. Why can't... (laughs) Why can't we have one vacation without you bringing your work into it, said Mrs. Kool-Aid Man as she was carted carted off in handcuffs by regional security officials. Anyway, I don't see the problem. They used to have a Great Wall. Now they got two pretty good walls. What was outrageous is after crashing into the Great Wall, the perpetrator looked directly into the camera and said, that'll leave a mark, completely demolishing the historic Fourth Wall of China. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. A team of marine scientists working off the coast of Alaska have discovered a mysterious golden orb resting deep on the seafloor. We're sure there's a completely natural explanation for this, and it doesn't, you know, grant wishes or anything. The lead researcher told reporters as a newly single Joe Jonas kissed her on the forehead and handed her yet another zero-calorie taco. (laughs) And finally, in our favorite news of the week, a Delta flight to Spain was disrupted after two hours when the pilot notified air traffic control that a passenger had diarrhea all the... All the way through the airplane. And let me tell you something. It was only by the grace of God that I had the second worst diarrhea on the plane that day. (laughs) Everyone is treating this like a joke, but this is what happens when someone smuggles more than 3.4 ounces of a dangerous liquid on board. The scanners can't catch this. Another passenger wrote in a post, both my wife and I were on the flight. It was a mess. The pilots made the right decision to turn around. The ground crew ripped out the carpet and put new in. First of all, ooh, you have a wife. It wasn't pretty. (laughs) Look, it wasn't pretty, but on the bright side, if this didn't happen, the ground crew would never have discovered the plane's beautiful vintage hardwood floors. Also, replacing the carpets, nice try. That plane is done. Give it a purple heart and push it into the ocean. (laughs) I also love the idea that anyone's questioning whether the pilot made the right call. Like, I hope this pilot is the new Sully. I hope the National Transportation Safety Board runs a bunch of diarrhea simulations to see if he could have made it to Barcelona. (laughs) 
The flight from Atlanta was ultimately forced to turn around and return to Hartsfield-Jackson Airport. After receiving medical attention on the ground, the passenger, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, (laughs) recovered fully and died. When we come back, a dispatch from the playa. Last weekend, tens of thousands of interesting people were stranded in the desert after heavy rains hit Burning Man, flooding the roads in and out of the festival. Tonight, we bring you the untold story of the debacle, as recorded in one Burner's letters to his girlfriend. Well, one of his girlfriends, he's Polly, because, as he explains, humans aren't naturally monogamous. My dearest Amanda, the rains fall heavy upon the playa tonight, and I am tripping balls. I write to you from the meager shelter of my tent, which was air-conditioned before the generator flooded, which is now total bullshit. I beseech you, my love, listen to this app idea. A generator that cannot flood because it's on the blockchain. Is that anything, my sweet Amanda? Jumping Jehoshaphat, I'm high. Anyway, I pray you think it a sound notion, for I have secured for us an angel investor who I met when, by divine providence, Our electric unicycles collided near an all-white spirit reading of The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. But I will tell you more upon my return, for now I must make ready to biohack my location, which is to start walking. And I fear my solar-powered strobe light bracelet will not last till morn. Yours, Zachary. When we come back, Von Drugs. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. This podcast is brought to you by Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Americans United defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms and even democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. While Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs, Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU's work at au.org slash crooked. That's au.org slash crooked. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh, man. You know, I don't know. Pushing it down. (laughs) Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. (laughs) Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the, the, the attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm. We all need therapy. Mm-hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. 
Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. And we're back. According to LA's own KTLA, last month the LAPD allegedly sent a list of current street drug prices to the independent media outlet LA Taco in what appears to be an accidental reply all situation. <laughs> it could happen to any of us. Here to see how well she knows her grams from her kilos, it's the hilarious Marcella Arguello. Hi. Good to see. Oh, we're shaking. I, I, I have my hand free. Hey, hi, hi. Sorry. Hello, it's me, Marcella Arguello. Wow, bitch, rude. <laughs> rude. I was so She'll nice come back. to you. She'll come back. <sighs> let her, let them go, and they'll come back. Or what's that saying? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that was it. I'm ready. Hi. Um, I am. Did you see that the LAPD accidentally leaked? Uh, I did not see that. I'm, that's good. I I know, I know, and I I was tempted to. Uh, look into it right now when you said it but I was like I don't have time ha good because you would have you sort of would have been like cheating on the quiz yeah and I don't do that do you like Bob Barker who doesn't love Bob Barker dogs that that uh, want to reproduce well, yeah that's true cats and dogs that want to like, reproduce that's true hey, hey Bob Barker uh, quit stepping on my dick you yeah know? he was a cock block we do know that Bob Barker was an animal <laughs> cock block we do know that um how about Bob Barker's cameo in Happy Gilmore? Are there any other deceased game show hosts that you'd like to watch beat Adam Sandler to a pulp? I mean, I think every game show host should be allowed to beat Adam Sandler. <laughs> period. Like, bring in Pat Sajak. Yeah. Don't you think it's interesting that Bob Barker was just like, yeah, I know there's a lot of issues in the world, but at the end of every episode, I'm going to make one point. Yeah. And I'm going to make it well. And it's so odd that it is my point, but I'm going to say it so often it won't be odd. And then it's going to come around and be cool. Yeah, was it cool? I mean, white people have a thing about saving animals that's very specific to them. Well, I think it's an interesting example of someone being like, I have a platform. <laughs> Bob Barker saying, I have a platform is funny. <laughs> Not a term I think that it would have, you know. Uh, but, but it's like, what's something that I can tell people every day at 11.59 sure. a.m.? That's when the morning is. Uh, That'll actually work, you know? Yeah. I bet it did work. I think it worked. I just definitely, you know, like when I was a kid, I was like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, we, the animals are a problem. And you grow up and you're like, couldn't pick something a little heavier, like AIDS <laughs> or some shit, bro? There was actually real problems back in the day. <laughs> I don't know what people could do with their dogs to stop AIDS. No, but I'm saying you could pick up at the end of your show. You'd be like, hey, y'all, wear protection. There's AIDS out there. Donate. It's a... <laughs> Donate. Donate. Hey, donate. You know the one the the one type of stand up comedy show I don't do is benefits for animals. It's true. That's the one. That's I don't your tell line. People that's I, I'm not doing their show because of that, but that is what I why I can't do their shows. I don't care about animals. <laughs> donate your money to the homeless. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know. What to, I know. The dog is looking <laughs> at John, very upset. Now I understand why the dog doesn't like me. In honor of Bob Barker's extremely timely demise. What? <laughs> We're going to play a classic Price is Right game. Yeah. All right. It's called Easy as One, Two, Three. Mm. What do you think it would be? Plinko? Oh, I wish. 
I really loved as a kid. I loved Plinko because it's like the whole premise of the show disappears. Yep. It's like this is a show about knowing the price of bananas and knowing what a vacuum cleaner costs and knowing how much a boat costs. <laughs> For some reason, yeah. boats loom in the prices white world. Right, world in the same way that um, uh, quicksand looms in the in the child's cartoon Absolutely. world. Absolutely. Who knows what the price of a fucking boat is? That's what you had to guess. That sucks. Like, oh, of course, Bob. I know the price of a boat. The point I'm making is that when you get to Plinko, all that's out the window. All of it. It's just pure fucking luck. Pure luck. It was beautiful. I loved Plinko. I, I mean, everyone got pumped when Plinko came on. Yeah. Do you think? Hey, do everyone you think, with the fever was excited as fuck when they were at home. Yeah. I trying yeah, to, had a fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we had a fever, <laughs> I can't go to school. Did you watch The Prices Right when you were of sick? Of course, I watched The Prices Right when I was sick. It was the best. It was always a bummer. I didn't like the um, the soap operas. Oh no, I never watched the soap operas. No. And there was a bunch of other game show stuff around The Price is Right that wasn't as fun. No. Bob Barker was the best. He just looked crazy as fuck. Tan with that white hair and those crazy eyes and that skinny microphone. I wanted him to violate me. He looks like he does it with class. Right? You know what no one talks about? What? About growing up? What? The moment when you... You're, you have outgrown the the true younger children's cartoons. Sure. And you don't know that yet, but your body knows. Yeah. You know, like when Nick Junior, you'd be like, "Oh, I can't watch Nick Junior anymore." But no one tells you that you're too old for it. You have to feel it. You have to. You have to know yourself. Like these plots are too simple for yes. me now. Yeah, you got to. And it's not time for the Price is Right yet. I mean, I mean, I'm the youngest of four, so I had Price is Right exposure pretty young. I got a lot of young shit, you know. Of things you can be exposed to too young. Oof. Price is Right is cool. It is very cool. I will admit to that. Not a lot of adult themes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other than I think that like... Him kissing people and yeah. asking for kisses. And being yes. like, oh, I can't, I, can't, I can't tell people the price of a Honda Civic if there's not a woman in a bikini. I mean... What are we doing here? We're having, is I this television or not? <laughs> I definitely have my mind blown. Like, wow, how do they know all the prices to this stuff? And it's just like dish soap. <laughs> Here's how easy as one, two, three works. I'm going to tell you three drugs from LAPD's handy-dandy drug pricing sheet. You have to put them in order from most to least expensive. Oh, wow. We'll do two rounds. Okay. All right? If you get it right, you win a prize, which is not drugs, because they're members of Congress here. No. <laughs> Marcella, are you ready? I guess. Let's start with this. This is going to be our psychedelics round. Okay. Okay? <laughs> what? You put, put them in order from most, most to least to expensive. Most to least expensive. Okay. A plant of peyote. Plant? A plant of peyote. Just a plant. Literally on the sheet. It's a okay. full plant. Full plant. Hey, pundit, not the time. Uh, a half ounce of psilocybin, which okay. is mushrooms. Yeah. Or a full sheet of LSD. How much was the mushrooms, you said? A half ounce. Uh, I want to say a full sheet of LSD is most expensive. Guys, come on. We need some help here. Audience. <laughs> what are we thinking? <laughs> Come on, the price is right. What am I thinking? Right? Full sheet? One dollar. Wait, I'm post. God, you're done. See, that's what Bob Sparker job was hard. It was hard. Yeah. You were already helping me. I forgot. I um, Okay, wait. What did we say? Full sheet of LSD is most expensive, right? Yes. And then we could peyote. 
And then mushrooms. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you got it. I love it. drugs. Now. I love drugs. <laughs> I love drugs. Oh, all of a sudden, you give a fuck. <laughs> Did you see that? You said shift. Uh, Pundit. Pundit was briefly uh, on an opiate um, for reasons that are between her and her doctor. But when you go to the vet hospital to get the opiates, uh-huh. they really now look at you up and down and been like, you have to sign for this because this is a controlled substance. And there is this moment where they're like, don't take these. Oh, what? They just look in the eyes and their eyes just say, hey, don't take these. These are for your dog. And the bottle says, don't take these. These are for your dog. Sure. But then in the back of your mind, you think, what, I got two factories? <laughs> two side-by-side factories? Wow. One that does it for humans and one that's like a little bit worse for dogs? That doesn't make yeah. sense. That doesn't make sense. Once you've cracked how to make one, you don't, you don't do it a different way for the fucking dogs. You know it's the same place, same shape bottle, same shape lid. But the real question is, why does your dog need meth? <laughs> why do you need meth? Are you ready for your second yes, round? Yes, I am. This is, the, this is the airplane with Tom Cruise in that movie that was like one of the ones that he did that we don't talk about that okay. much. Sounds like a hit. A classic. American made. Classic. This is the American ma- Kendra. Fucking absolute champ. All right. We're going to call this the kilo round. Okay. Most to least expensive. Okay. According to the LAPD's sheet that they This is so stressful that for my street cred. <laughs> uh, cocaine. Kilo of cocaine. Okay. A kilo of Mexican black tar heroin. Okay. And a kilo of Molly. A kilo? Oh, my God. What are the market prices these days? I'm trying to remember <laughs> the last time. I was on the dark web. What was I? <laughs> the dark web. Yeah, where, what were these? What was the price on the Silk Road? <laughs> wow, this one's tough. I gotta say, right, audience? This one's tough, right? This guy looks like he knows the cost of black tar heroin. Sir, help me out. I need some help. I have, this one's tough. Um, all right. I feel like. Wait, what was the last one? It was uh, cocaine, Mexican black tar heroin, and Molly. I feel like Molly is gonna be the least expensive. Thank you. I, thank you. Look, love the love, love the Venn diagram that this is <laughs> telling us. You have a spicy audience. I'm proud of you. I'm yeah. proud of you for applauding when you're applauding. Liberals are liberal with the intake. You they were also. I mean? I'll tell you something else. It, it, it there's a lot of drug knowledge, and they weren't fully on board with me saying that I was um, rooting for the people at Burning Man to die. Well, you look your audience. Is a certain type of person. <laughs> what do you want me to say to you? No, I no. I, listen, we're both we're both we're both circling it. Yeah. All right. So okay. you said Molly's the least expensive. Mm-hmm. I I'm t- I actually think the coke as long as it's pure kilo cocaine, I think it would be most expensive. I think that's the right. I feel like that's the only because black tar heroin. That's some sketchy shit right there. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, it's not good. And that's ask, and, if the, and listen. That's pundit, what this is about, knows. and that's what this segment's about. Yeah. And at root, like this is we're not we're just talking about prices. Yeah. But don't. This is not a thing to buy. Yeah. This is not a thing to buy unless no. You go to the at. vet and you get dog medicine. Yeah. But I, you know, people do. So I'm gonna say cocaine, um, and then I'm gonna say black tar heroin, and then I'm gonna say Molly. Marcella, 
You got it. I love drugs. Oh, say, say the, the prices. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. this broke motherfucker wants to know what the prices are. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because <laughs> you want to so, know the prices. Uh, people with money don't ask. According to the. He's all fucking put it in my veins. I've been abused. The cost of the. You had it. You had it. So for the first one, uh, yes. Uh, L, a full sheet of LSD was $400. A full plant of peyote was $200. And a half ounce of mushrooms, $120. Woo! Kilo of Molly, $7,500. Kilo of Mexican black char heroin, $12,500. Kilo of cocaine, between $15,500 and $17,000. Yeah, I believe that. Wow. Pure cut without the fentanyl mixed in is a good <laughs> price. I guess it's not like Jenny's where you can like get two scoops. No. You selfish bastard. <laughs> But you guys, listen. If you're listening, please be careful when you're doing drugs and experimenting. Don't, Get fentanyl test strips, please, for the love of God, save your life. Be careful out there. Yeah, that's the lesson from this sheet. Yes, the sheet is no good. Yeah, and they're watching. I don't understand why they're keeping it a secret. I think that they're just trying to like be pretend like they don't know what's up. That's it. Hmm. Any final thoughts on Bob Barker? Um, may he rest in peace. He was a little bit of a creep, but what old man isn't? <laughs> Thank you so much, Marcella. Thank she you. is headlining at the Improv on September fifteenth. Yes, so come get check those me tickets, out. please. Get, come check me out. I'll be mean to you if you want. If that's your thing, and it, and for for me, it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marcella will be back for the rant wheel. We come back. Yay! London time. Bring, London's bring, calling. Bring. From, there it is. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. And now another dispatch from Burning Man. My dearest Amanda, conditions are bleak. My trench foot worsens and marches steadily upwards. It is trench groin now. Supplies are dwindling. Thankfully, Diplo brought enough ostrich jerky for what he must have imagined would be a far more comprehensive orgy. Alas, here I remain trapped knee-deep in this godforsaken goo, sober except for the DMT. Oh, my love! From my vantage on the playa, I have witnessed such horrors. I saw one of the chain smokers ripped to pieces by a mob of tech dads who were screaming about how they don't feel like they're 40, so they aren't. I saw a crying woman eat her own steampunk goggles. I saw Elon Musk. Cherish, darling. If I am not to survive, you have 36 hours to get my head to the cryogenics lab in Scottsdale. Yours until temporary death, Zachary. When we come back, Pip Pip, it's London. The lady, not the city. Yeah. Our next guest calls herself the comedy Beyonce, which means I need a new nickname. Welcome to the stage. <laughs> Author, stand-up, and hilarious person. It's London Hughes, isn't it? All right. Hi. How you doing? Welcome. Good to see you. Good Hi, to good see you. To Thanks see for being you. here. Hi, guys. Hi, audience. Hi. Oh, let me get comfy. Jesus Christ. Talk to me. As you wish. Uh, <laughs> in your, you, do, you have a book out, Living yes. My Best Life, Hun. Yes. Hun or Huh? Hun. Hun. Living yeah. My Best Life, Hun. I'm Living British. My Best Life, Hun. Yeah, you know, I get it now. Yeah. You describe moving from the UK to pursue comedy in the US. Yes. And you say you made more money in one year in America than your whole life in Britain. Yes. What made comedy in the UK so much? It's Wait, no, I'm just seeing what you're saying. Carry on. Yeah. What made comedy in <laughs> the UK made, so much yeah. harder? What made comedy in the UK so much harder? 
I'm not a white man. Right. <laughs> Basically, like, Britain, like, is systemically racist. So, like, they're not going to call you the N-word to your face, but, like, you'll just feel like one sometimes. And so they treat you in a way where if you're not a white guy, there's not a lot of things you really can get to the top at, like exceeding. And comedy is like the main thing. Comedy, acting, anything in the entertainment, it just pays to be a white man and I'm the opposite of that. So uh, it didn't work for me. It, it did work, I was doing well, but do you know he's just like, just maintaining this level. Like I just kept watching all my like white guys, like my white friends would just look like you. Would go, they would go and say a couple jokes and they'd be famous like that overnight. And you know when your parents are like, how comes James is on TV and you're not? And I'm like, James is a dick, mum. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so that's basically what happened. I just was a black woman in England trying to be a comedian and that's why it was harder. But America love black women here. They embraced me. It was great. Thank you, America. Having I do, the best time. I do think there's a lot of, I mean, I think there are a lot of people uh, that would be surprised to hear that the US comedy scene is not riven by systemic racism. Why would they be shocked <laughs> at that? Wait, what? Listen, the biggest comedians in the world right now come from America and most of them are black men. So really and truly, America's actually doing, when it comes to racism in comedy, America's doing better than everybody. Like America's doing, well done America. Hey. Yeah. Okay. But everyone, yeah, no, see, look, at the, look at the comedians. Whoopi Goldberg was successful. She doesn't even have eyebrows. They let, they let a black woman with no eyebrows be like one of the biggest comedy actors in the world in America. Whatever, didn't you pitch a show with Whoopi Goldberg? I did in the UK and they didn't want it. Is that shock indeed? Shock what? and awe. Can you believe it? Me and Whoopi, it was called Looking for Whoopi. We were going to go around America because I'm trying to be Britain's answer to Whoopi Goldberg. And we pitched it. Whoopi said yes, she'd love to do it. And no British TV channel wanted it. <gasps> exactly. Exactly. And that's when I was like, I, if I can't even get a show with Whoopi Goldberg off the ground, then I have no business being in this country. So I came in. So yeah. And... Somehow Kevin Hart flies you to Las Vegas? Yes. That's a sentence, like, <laughs> Kevin Hart flies you to Las Vegas that captures so much about busyness. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's a busy person. He's so busy. Yes. He's very, I love Kevin. He's my boy. So he um, saw a clip of me doing stand-up, like, at this thing called the Edinburgh Comedy Festival, which is, like, the Brit biggest arts festival in the world. It's in Scotland every August. And I did a show there called To Catch a Dick. And uh, <laughs> it's now on Netflix. Check it out. It's very funny. And uh, essentially... He um, basically was like, this girl's amazing. I need to meet her. But he's so busy that I could only meet him in Vegas. <laughs> and we couldn't have a meeting because he couldn't, he didn't have the time to like take away. So I just followed him around for the day. And that was, and that's what we did. Because he didn't, he didn't have the time to put in the schedule to talk to me. So we had the meeting in the back of his car, then in a hotel suite, then backstage at some massive venue right before he went on stage. And yeah, it was great. And on his podcast, it was amazing. How, yeah. How do people maintain that? What, it's it's epic. Wouldn't you love that? I hate that I have time for this show. I wish. <laughs> Jesus. I wish I was busy. Having I a nice wish. conversation. No, I look. I like look. What's important to keep busy? Yeah. Just seems epic exhausting. To be busy. No, it's not. It's amazing. Being busy and rich. Wouldn't you love that? I just don't want to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just want to be rich. Yeah. No, I love it. 
During college, yes, you were identified on a Facebook page, yes, as the university's biggest hoe. Yes, <laughs> that was just a, an anonymous post. Yes, and a lot of people dragged you on there. Dragged me to filth. Um, and it wasn't true. There were actual real hoes doing the dirt, but they were undercover, and I was the poster child for their hoeish ways. But I weren't really the hoe. I was. I was a lovely. Guy. I just like talking to boys. Boys are great. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure. No. <laughs> They're like, like I, was, I went to all girls school. And so like by the time I got to university, because we call you call it college, but we call it university. Mm. By the time I got to university, there was like so many men. And I just hadn't been in an environment with that much dick. So I was like, oh, I was like, I was a Charlie in the chocolate factory. I was like, oh, the Oompa Loompas. So I was going to all these guys and like talking to them and then girls were like she's talking to Jermaine on Monday and then Tony on Tuesday and she's a hoe and I wasn't really because I wasn't sucking their dick it was just conversation we were doing you never figured out who made the post? no so it was when Facebook had just been invented I'm of that era guys uh, Facebook was just only for like university students in the beginning and when it hit England we were the first university students to get it and yeah essentially you could make a page and it's all anonymous you can make a and it was called yeah King, my university was called Kingston University and it was called Kingston University Uncovered we're uncovering the biggest hose on campus and it was like my face and then my uh, Facebook linked to my Facebook account and then people were like this girl is a hoe leave your comments and girls guys were just like yeah she's this and girls were like yeah one time she left my uh, my house with another guy and he was my boyfriend when he arrived but he left with her and I'm like that's not true that means you ain't got game if I can steal your man then that's a you problem so not a me problem but yeah that's a cool story thank you but yeah no it was it was it was horrible it was I was when I write about it in my book which is where you got it from it was a horribly <laughs> horrible time I was very sad well it sounds like there was a there was bullying in college and then yes. there was bullying in the comedy scene yeah i think a lot like a lot of the book is about overcoming bullying are you right there love are we boring you are you good honey a little reverse sneeze oh, from my old gal pundit nothing pundit. a little nothing a little opiate won't fix later <laughs> what would you say <laughs> no, not i just uh, sometimes she takes drugs uh, oh wow but like a lot of the book is about overcoming yes. bullies yes what's your sort of what was your what's your main lesson been do you know doing what? That. Well, I didn't read. So at the time, I'm very confident now. Look at me. I'm a bad bitch. But I wasn't always. Thank you. But I wasn't always. I was very insecure. And I used to seek validation in other people. Can you look at me when I'm talking to you? In other people. I was, Jesus, I, what is this show? I was. I, I'll, what were you doing? Walk I, me through what went through your head just then. So I was listening. Yeah. But I was thinking about what we're going to next. And I was looking for Hallie who is our head writer, right. who I'm going to ask a question of to ask a question of you. Okay. And I didn't know if she was in here or on the other side of the right. glass. Right, so you decided to just look away from me well, mid-speech when I'm talking about my vulnerability and being insecure, right? Yes, because yes. I have a lot of undiagnosed things. Okay. And one of them is that I don't care if people don't look at me while I'm talking. No, okay. And I forget that people oh, no, really care, care about that. Because I, I just was listening. I like eye contact. Carefully. No, but what's good about me. this, look no, no, and me. I'll keep, try to sustain it as Please. long as I can. But the good Good news is us this moment yes. notified Hallie that I'm going to go to her next. Yes, so, so, so you didn't actually, actually have to look away. You could well, have just been like, hey, Hallie, and do and like, can you come and sort the shit out? You didn't have to be rude and ruin my thing now. And now we're making it about you. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's a lot of ways this could have gone better for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. No, that, and that's and that's like that's what a, I'm. That's, that's a you problem. No, I think it's currently a little bit both of our problem. Yeah. Just no, because you're here. Well, no, because you're stuck. Problem, because you're here. Because you're here. Hallie, can we do the next segment, please? <laughs> wait, no, but wait, no, wait. Well, tell me what you learned. No, you don't care. No, I do care. <laughs> do you actually? I, I really do. We care. They Thank care. You, audience. I feel like they care. I do right. care. This is what we're going to... Hold my hand. Okay. That's what we're going to do. So, Yay. basically... Mm-hmm. Right? Eye contact and human yeah, touch, con- yeah. my two favorite things. Isn't it? That, that's why, I, that's why yeah. I do a show in front of an audience. Yeah. Okay, so basically, what I learned, right, from being bullied... was that when people bully you it's their insecurities you know it's their problem it's how they view themselves and you shining affects them in a way where they have to break you down so if you get bullied it's because the people are the wrong people they're they're the mean ones and you're a bad bitch yeah 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 you got really you got really nice eyes your eyes are pretty you're pretty eyes babe i gotta tell you something uh why are you T- human touch, eye contact, and compliments. Like, are you trying to fucking kill me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I don't I just, run. I don't work like this. I just like how awkward you are. It's just really like I'm like, hey, it's, this is your show, you know. I, I, is, I, you can you can relax. This is this. Everyone I, here is. If here I for could you. relax, none of this would be here. <laughs> <laughs> this is all because I can't You're relax. The star. They all love you. They're all here for you, babe. Look, I don't. Love you. Wait, wait, you're gonna you're gonna fix me? Yeah, you're gonna fix me you're now? So, I don't you're think so. You're so anxious. Your you hands bet. were so clammy. Yeah, <laughs> you're so uh, you're and clammy I, hands. Yeah, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Whoa. Yeah, we're one podcast away from figuring it out. Jesus, <laughs> it must be hard being in this. This. This is. This is a lot, isn't it, honey? Yes, it is. It's okay. One time when I was being bullied. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Uh, the, uh, uh, Mrs. Satz, I'm sorry, Ms. Satz was right. in front of the class. Yeah. And uh, every time she would turn and face the board, the kids sitting in front of me and the kids sitting behind me would lift my desk and drop it one inch. <gasps> oh, can my you believe God. that? Just so you're just so it's just like she faces the board and then just bam. You know what I mean? Why did they do that? Well, you, you, I thought, I mean, I was listening. You, the thing you said. What? No, no, but why, that, but why is that a thing? Like, why don't they just throw. A paper ball at your head. Like, why lift, is lifting a I don't know. desk a thing? Why are there museums filled with medieval torture devices Cause, when cause punching works? Because people like, want to be creative when they're mean. That's so, that's disgusting. I feel sorry for them. How dare they? I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry you went through that. Thanks. But they were trying to dim your light because you were a bad bitch and they oh, could sense that. I think I was... Um, wearing a no fear tennis t-shirt that was nice. three sizes too big nice. and i think probably they were right yes what if you, they were right no but you are a bad bitch oh thank you yeah <laughs> you should say it say i'm a bad bitch. no i'm not gonna Let, do no, it because i I'm, feel like you don't believe that you're a bad bitch say it he should say it say i'm a bad bitch is would you there's say, a fine hey, hey. Hey. Say, I'm a bad bitch. I'm a bad bitch. But, yeah! uh, but Don't it feel good? Look at the smile. Look at the you know smile. What, you know what I like about You know what's great about this? Look at the smile. I we think what's it. important about this. Do I? Yes. I think what's important about this, what I'm learning about this is there's such a fine line between encouraging and bullying in a sense. <laughs> because I don't know. Like, I think like, put this in a minor key. You're fucking me up right now. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm dropping the table. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Now, 
Go on, change tact. What's next? Here's what's next. Okay. What you got for me? Here's what it is. So uh, uh, you've had this experience of overcoming bullying. Yes. Hallie, our head writer, yes. uh, had a bullying experience that I believe may have also involved Facebook. What happened, babe? Oh, well, okay. First of all, I'm sorry I wasn't here earlier. I was uh, taking a shit. And um, <laughs> I didn't know anything was happening. I thought I got enough time and I was dead Listen, wrong. And you I apologize. take a shit at work? You are a bad bitch. Oh, thank Listen. you. Well, yeah, done, I mean, it wasn't planned. It wasn't like part of well the done. event or anything. I'm happy for you. Um, but yeah, I had this experience. I thought, I was like, this isn't interesting. So this person who I thought was like a friend of mine from high school messaged me. I haven't talked to him since then. But you know I mean? Like just someone who was, I was in a bunch of class with him. Like, you know. Just someone who I thought fondly of. Message he had Facebook, and I think he was becoming a youth minister or was in some, some sort of 12-step program, either way. What? And he said, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm so sorry about how mean I was to you during high school. Oh. I was so cruel to you, and I, I just really wanted to reach out. It really bothered me. And honestly, God, I had to reply, like, I thought we were friends. Oh, wow. And so I want to get your reaction, because I was like, if he hadn't done that, I would have just thought we were all kidding around. But then he did that. I was like, Oh, he hated you. Yeah. Oh, anyway, wow. so how do, what do I do with that now? That's my question to you. No, there's nothing you could do now. Okay. That's it. Just sit in your shit. Like, yeah. Literally, well, like, you're fine. Yeah. The fact that he apologized to you means that you're clear. You were on his mind. You were, he, you were living in his house rent free. Is that the what the Americans say? That makes so sense. So that's what you were doing. So yeah, you've already won, honey. Oh, thank you. You've okay, great. Well, don't worry. Don't you think it's a little concerning that he thought he was bullying you for years, and you thought you were just chopping it up with a yeah. with a roast. With, were you in a roast? I, I, yeah, I, what was he saying? What was he doing? Oh, yeah. No, just I don't even want to get into it. Just uh, just stuff, uh, horrible roast stuff. But like, I was so, I, I just was like, yeah, that's like you do, a friend would do. Oh, you thought he was negging you. Did you yes. want to smash? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Yeah, no, for uh, sure, okay. no. Huh? I thought we were bros. I thought we were like, you know, just really? buddies. Yeah. Huh. Uh, see, that, that's, that's a common thing with women. Because we're taught to believe that if a man's mean to you, it's because he likes you. So, like, any guy would be like, you're shit. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have sex with you. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's a hard one. But, no, you've won. You've won at life. Thank you. You can go hey. You can go back and floss. Well, thanks, yeah, I want to go for a second <laughs> round. Go back and <laughs> round two. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, and, and I'm so glad that your flight, even though you didn't get to Barcelona, that everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I got to go back. It's, it's about to take off. I got to get back in there. They're taxing on the runway for me. Hallie Keefe, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Hallie. What's up, babe? Any final thoughts for us? Well, I have a book. <laughs> so <laughs> It's called Living My Best Life, hon. Following Your Dreams is no joke. And it came out two days ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was just left New York. I went to Barnes & Noble in New York on Fifth Avenue and I signed copies and it was very surreal. I was like, oh my God, I've, I've made it. So yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time. It's wild to write a book. It is. And I wrote it in two months. 90,000 words, 304 pages, two months. And I said, no social media, no going out, no alcohol, no dick. And I did it for two months. And I, the book is amazing. I'm so proud of myself. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't think I could go two months without social media. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. He's really funny. For halfway through, you because turned you away. Wa- you looked away from me for a second. No, it wasn't a second. It's a hard show to run. No, you turned your head. I was listening. Just that you were wrong, and let's move on. Why don't you know what we can talk we about can this talk at talk home? We can talk about it later. Fine. What's next? What's the next segment? Living my best life, hun. Following your dreams <laughs> is no joke. Is out now. Everybody, check it out. London Hughes, thank you so much. Thanks it's so for funny. Me. We come back. Yes, we canna. Don't go anywhere. This is love it or leave it, and there's more on the way. 
for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. And we're back. (laughs) Changing gears. I love when our show changes gears. Uh, He represents Silicon Valley in Congress, and he co-founded the Antitrust Caucus in the House. A man of contradictions. Please welcome Congressman Ro Khanna. Thank you so much for being here. Now, let's start with this, and obviously it's not the most important topic. I imagine many of your most annoying constituents were trapped at Burning Man this weekend. (laughs) It's my uh, social media feed. <laughs> uh, what, if anything, uh, could you have done to keep them there longer? <laughs> well, well, they, they feel like they've dis- that's their uh, spiritual journey. That's their morality. So, uh, you know, th- that's part of the problem, that, uh, <laughs> that maybe they just need to have uh, a different form of getting ethics. You view that as entertainment. Okay. I support that. Uh, so you've got to be the only member of Congress and maybe the only human being who has gone on both Hugh Hewitt's radio show and Bad Faith, which is like a very lefty podcast. Yeah. Like what makes it worth your time to go on, say, like a right wing show where you know you're going to get the shit kicked out of you? Part of the problem, I think, in our politics is we have way too much certitude, way too much sense that we know the truth. Uh, what we have is morally superior we're not going to engage with the other side. I grew up in a belief that you engage other people, you listen to other people, you don't come with a view that you know everything. So going on these shows, I mean, sometimes I vehemently disagree, and sometimes I want to hear the other side and engage in conversation. And I know it sounds simplistic, but if we just had more conversations in this country, genuine conversations, not I want to go on Fox News because I want a viral clip to, to go share with other people, I think we'd do far better as a country. So... So we're in the middle of a strike in the entertainment industry that has now lasted more than four months. A lot of the contentious issues relate to how the business model has changed in television and film. That's about streaming, but it's also about a bunch of consolidation. That's allowed just a few companies to control a huge part of the industry. Can you talk a little bit, as someone who has co-founded the chair, the, the caucus on antitrust, what role do you think antitrust regulation could play in making the entertainment industry a fair place? 
Well, what I say is technology is not a license for exploitation, right? I mean, we look at the strike very simply. And you used to, if you wrote the Friends or you wrote Seinfeld, when you'd have the reruns or when it would get syndicated, the writer would get compensated. Now, if you were the writer for Ted Lasso or the writer for a show that does well, you Apple or Netflix aren't even telling you how many people are streaming that. And they do have way too much market share because how many people do you have a choice of in uh, going to these services? So in this case, I would just have regulation that would require them to disclose the amount of people who are watching a show and compensate based on that. And that's why I stand with the writers and what they're doing. But I think more broadly, we do need to look at market concentration and make sure that when you have companies, you don't have unfair concentration so that you have power uh, over workers or over consumers in, in unfair ways. I mean, it used to be there was there were rules that create a dividing line between, say, networks and studios. And you see this in a bunch of different industries, right? That, you know, the the networks control uh, the way people see the content. They also make the content. Amazon controls the store. They make stuff for the store. Apple controls the app store. They make stuff uh, for the store. Are there more structural changes that you would see, at least in entertainment, that fit with this sort of problem? Like, would do you think it's right that um, uh, that a company like Comcast, they can own the cable, they can own the the network, they can own the studio making the content, that they can own the whole thing top to bottom? Traditionally, vertical integration, which you're talking about, hasn't been an antitrust violation. But, but I do think that there's a problem when you have Apple or Amazon not only making the content, but then privileging the content. So Amazon's making products, and then they're suddenly when you go on to Amazon search, those products come up first. Or Apple's making a, a streaming service, and then they're prioritizing that in the App Store. What I would require is uh, neutrality, that if you are going to have uh, one of these products that you're making, you can't favor it over other products. And that was actually Klobuchar's bill, which I thought was uh, a very good start, uh, and unfortunately we didn't get it passed. In the absence of that, what did you think of the Biden administration's rules that they put out uh, in July uh, laying out a firmer antitrust regulations? I think that, that that was a good start, and that will guide people like Lena Khan and the Justice Department to take stronger action. Uh, it will curb some of the worst practices because they know there's an activist division uh, at, at in the FTC and justice. But it can't take uh, away the courts, right? I mean, the courts are still going to be ruling, unfortunately, often against the, the agencies because the law hasn't changed. But I think that the frustration, John, a, a, on antitrust it speaks to something deeper. I represent a district, Silicon Valley, that has $10 trillion of market value. It's literally one-third of the S&P 500, Apple, Google, Intel, Yahoo, Cisco. You've had the concentration of obscene amount of wealth in places like the Valley, New York, L.A., and at the same time, when you go around the country, you go to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, you go to Ashtabula County uh, in Ohio, you go to Downriver, Michigan, you go to Dayton or Milwaukee, you've had the total collapse of the working class, of the middle class, where people don't believe in the American dream. And people are saying, how have we allowed this to happen? Antitrust is just one part of the issue. The bigger problem is the concentration of economic opportunity in a few places where so much of America has been left out. Like you, your your focus is on making sure that they don't privilege the products that they make. But in a certain certain sense, what they're doing, even when they're not privileging their own products, is they're using their vast 
market power, their size, to go into industries where they're competing against much smaller, much less well-funded firms, right? Like Apple can go into the entertainment business and become a competitor overnight, buy up movies by Martin Scorsese, even though they weren't in the industry two years ago. But they can do that, right, because of the scale they have dwarfs anything that anyone in this town can compete with. So I think it depends on what you're saying. If you're saying, okay, you make a very good phone and you're just selling that phone and you're building the size, that to me is less problematic if you're not engaged in dominant behavior than if you're trying to acquire something in a different industry and getting into a different industry by uh, undercutting them. Uh, I would be much more vigilant on not just uh, approving the acquisitions and mergers, which actually I think one thing the Biden administration has done. They have really uh, limited and scrutinized those kind of acquisitions and mergers, and they're considering the impact on a community, the impact on jobs, and that I do think is a concern. So I would say it's not as much size as much as expanding into other industries, leaving communities hollowed out because you don't care. There does seem to be just sort of a missing part of the national debate, and even just the way we talk about economics, because you know, there's we talk about a national inflation rate, we talk about national unemployment rate, we talk about uh, 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 national income, and then you go into the to the actual data, and in the same way that you know they adjust the number seasonally, they don't. You, what, what we never see is a report that says, "Hey, for, hey, it turns out for the last say uh, ten or fifteen years, we've had incredible, unrelenting economic growth in these ten cities." And actually, if you go to seventy percent of the country, they've been in a state of like we talked about it that way. That hey, this whole part of the country has been in a permanent recession since say like nineteen ninety seven, and nobody's right, really right. talked about it. I think that explains so much, not all of our politics, but so much of the anger at our politics. I mean, it's it's actually pretty simple. People used to have thirty buck jobs. Now they have fifteen to seventeen dollar jobs working in Amazon warehouses instead of steel plants. So yeah, the unemployment rate maybe three point five percent. But those aren't family-sustaining jobs. And then they've got $10,000 for childcare, And they've got, I don't know, $20,000, $30,000 if they want to go to college. And they've got medical debt. And most young people can't think of even buying a house. And then they hear all these politicians saying, well, things are going in the right direction. And they say, no, they're not. No, they're not. Now, I give the president a lot of credit for trying to steer the Titanic in the right direction in terms of what he's trying to do. But he's trying to reverse decades of policy. And I think that's the balancing act for Democrats, which is to to acknowledge that the working class and lots of parts of this country have really been left out. Can we make it the Olympic instead of the Titanic? Because the Olympic Olympic (laughs) got (laughs) fucked up and they got towed back to port. (laughs) We're in the middle of yet another mini kerfuffle about the fact that, I don't know if you know this, but but President Biden's old. Um, (laughs) Voters are clearly concerned about uh, Biden's age, but at the same time, especially because Republican extremism f- is dangerous and makes the stakes feel total, Democratic voters and politicians are also risk averse. And so there's no appetite or participants in a primary. Um, so how do we get out of this loop and get from concerns about Joe Biden's age as a biggest liability, which it is, to the hard work of uh, doing everything we can to make sure that he uh, stays president? First of all, no candidate is perfect. Uh, The person who I believe is the most talented politician of modern times, Barack Obama, was two years into his Senate term. That was a legitimate criticism of him when he was running for president. How can you become president having two years as a Senate? Bill Clinton was the governor of a very, very small state. 
So yes, President Biden is old. Like no one is going to, you can't have anyone assume the presidency, even Democratic politicians we've had, and not have something that you could say, well, I wish I wish he was 65. Sure, I wish he was 65. But look at what he has achieved. Look at the Inflation Reduction Act, the Infrastructure Bill, the CHIPS Act, which actually brought $20 billion to Ohio. I often say this. If Donald Trump had brought $20 billion to Ohio in new factories, we'd be hearing about that every day. Look at what he has done on the American Rescue Plan. I talked about childcare and the cost of childcare. 70,000 facilities have childcare today because of that plan the president passed, and that's going to go away if the Republicans don't have the budget. And look at his leadership on Ukraine, where he has shown judgment. It's easy to say, let's support Ukraine. He's done that, obviously, he's rallied NATO. But you know where he's shown judgment? He hasn't gone further in provoking a world war with Russia. That's a very fine balance that he's managed to strike. So. He has extraordinary experience. He has done a lot. He can win in the Midwest, and I think he deserves a second term. The power of his reputation and having been around a long time, ironically, made it possible for him to shift left without being tarred by the right as having become some some lefty. Like, they've been trying for years to yeah, paint Joe is, Biden this way. It won't work. <laughs> this is his skill. He, the same policy Bernie Warren says, oh, radical left. Joe Biden says, oh, it must be middle America, normal America. And so he's he's taken a lot of policies and really made them uh, mainstream. But I, look, I, I think it is foolish to do anything but be all in for Joe Biden. If you want Medicare for all, as I do, if you want free public college, if you want massive investments in uh, climate the way to get there, the way to get a progressive future is to have eight years of Joe Biden and then push for it, not four more years of a Republican or Donald Trump. So I, I think we've got – the one thing that concerns me, John, on the, the only – you know, I'm not a bedwetting wedding Democrat and I think Biden's going to be fine – is that I don't see yet the same urgency that we had when Trump was there. And that was because Trump was in our face yeah. and we knew how bad it was. But we got to get that same passion. If we get the turnout, we'll win. Congressman Khanna, thank you so much. We'll be back for the rant wheel. We'll be right back. That's great. Thank you. And now the final installment of the Burning Man letters. My dearest Amanda, let it be known that this is the hardest message I've ever had to deliver other than the time I fired 400 local journalists so that my private equity firm could turn their downtown printing press and delivery warehouse into an indoor-outdoor brew pub and third space called Truth Factory. Because this is a letter, you can see the umlaut over the U, so no need to describe it further. I've decided to remain at the playa indefinitely. Did you know, Amanda, that volunteers remain after Burning Man and clean up for all the freaks? Volunteers do this. Does that break your brain like it does mine? that volunteers stay behind and clean up after billionaires for free? I've decided I must remain to protect the playa, and for no recompense I shall pick up the garbage left behind by Sergey Brin so that Burning Man, what seems to me is a music festival without music, can continue forever. I feel I have been reborn in the primordial muck. Also, the mud made me realize our relationship is what's really holding me back, and that we should maybe break up? Talk it over with the cule. Yours, maybe. Zachary. When we come back, gird your duvets. Bobby Burke is here. (laughs) 
Please welcome to the stage. You love him on Queer Eye. He's the only person America trusts to look at their disgusting futon and tell them they're still worthy of love. Please welcome to the stage Bobby Burke. And he's got a dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, there. it's going to be fine. She's protecting me. Hi, Bobby. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, your book is called Right at Home, How Design is Good for the Mind. What is the number one mistake people make uh, that makes them slowly lose their minds? Uh, you know what? I think worrying about what everybody else thinks about their house, worrying about what magazines tell them, worry about what I tell them. Your home should be a space that makes you happy and helps you recharge. So the biggest mistake is worrying about what other people think. Just by looking at me, what mistake do you think I'm making in my home? Um, do you live here? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, kind of? Yeah. I th- what do you think of my home? Uh, I, I love it. It seems a little cold to live in. Well, I'll tell you something. They were like, we think there's too many screens. And I was like, never, mm, there's never too many screens. I think we can get a couple more screens in here. <laughs> then it'll really feel I think cozy a spot for another one. Right above that one. Yeah, actually. Why not? And, but why you know not? what? Cause if you love screens, <gasps> put them up. Hey, what do you, this is your house. This is my house. <laughs> hey, wh- why did everything become beige? And then do you think that's done? Do people know Blue exists? Well, I mean, I know Blue exists. If you've seen my show at all, I love, I love using Blue. And I mean, look at my eyes. So Blue oh. exists. And your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everyone looking into my eyes tonight? <laughs> but but there, had, there was this trend where like color was sort of sucked out of a... I the, feel like the, we're kind of still there. What, why? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Why are all the cars gray? I, I, that's or black a, or white. I'm not in the automobile industry. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But if it's a rental car, it is probably gray. Right. <laughs> um, I think that maybe I don't know. It's a safe choice. Yeah. Well, what happened to us? Um, what happened we got to being, boring. We got boring. We got boring. My car is green. My car is blue. <laughs> yeah. I have a blue yeah. car. We have color. It's actually the first car of co- the first car that I've got that was. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yes, we, we all caught what you almost said, which you have a path-breaking car of color. <laughs> and you caught it, but it was too good. And then I was... <laughs> you weren't sure. Like, never, okay. never mind, never mind, um, never mind. <laughs> so I do think there's now like... My face is a bright red color. No, it's good. It's good. No, it's good. <laughs> Bobby, you're going to help us make a final ruling on popular interior design okay, trends. So here's how this game is going to work. <laughs> We're going to show you a design trend, and you will deem it innocent or guilty. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes. This, and this is for Design Court. Oh, I want to be a, and a, there's, a chief justice. What are they called? The Supreme Court. There. Yeah, they're called the Supreme Court, and that's you in the center there. Uh, yes, applaud that. Sure. All right. <laughs> innocent or guilty? Edison bulbs. Guilty. It's done. It's over. No it's more. Done. It's done. It hurt. It's too. It's too warm. I like a warm light, but there's, it's too warm. It's like almost not light. Light. What do you do? What, what's going to replace them? A brighter bulb. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Wait. Is what makes it an Edison bulb the fact that it's orange, or the fact that it is no, see through and the, you see it's the, the, the shape filament. and you see the filament because it looks like an original bulb created by. Thomas, Thomas Edison, Edison yeah. who famously... Who famously, and back then, like, back that then, was the only bulb. So and it was a fine. big deal. So guilty. Next up, shiplap. Uh, Joanna, guilty. <laughs> now, here's the thing that... I'm sorry, is she here? I'm scared now. <laughs> here's I'm what sorry, I, Joanna, don't kill me. I don't... Here's what I don't understand. 
Where does something like, why does all of a sudden people are like, you know what my house should be? A boat. Well, because I think originally it was created because it, it's easy to install. And instead of like older houses had like plaster walls and they were hard to replace. So they just covered them in wood. But then somehow it became a design choice and a overly used one. And it's guilty. Yeah, it's guilty. Uh, avant basic home goods like the now ubiquitous corn stool. Is it, So my options are guilty or innocent? Yes. Innocent. I love sitting on a... Corn cob. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad. <laughs> right, <you're>, you... <laughs> He's like, me too. Wait. No, but you know what? You know what? I would say this. I would say this. When you're sitting on a corn cob, it can go a couple different ways. You're right, it can. <laughs> sometimes you're sitting on a corn cob and you're like, this works. But sometimes you're like, I should use more safe. butter. I don't feel safe. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Innocent. <laughs> innocent. Innocent. Not really, but innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, tubs in bedrooms. No. And on a parquet wood floor, can you imagine if she got wet? <laughs> It'd be ruined. That, I do and whoever people... lives in that room, she's not worried about the floor, so it's ruined. I also would say the, the, uh, that this is a photo of a four... What is it called? With the four posts? Four poster the... bed, yeah, yeah. And a bay window and two, two tubs. bathtubs. This oh, I is... thought that was a swirly chair on the left, but no, that's two tubs. I think it's two side-by-side tubs I, like know, a Cialis commercial. I, that's what I was thinking. And I just... I feel like it's some of those... like You see those Instagram posts where there's like toilets right next to each other, like couple toilets, and I'm first of all like, ew. Second of all, I'm like... Take a bath to- together, not in a bathtub next to each other. That's weird. It's I, I hate it when I go to a hotel and like the bathtub is in the room, and I'm like, that's a design choice and a bad one. So guilty. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Hey, you know what's great? A wall between where you sleep and where you shit. Yeah. 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 I Just agree. a little rule that I have. A door. Uh, next up, painting red brick homes white. Innocent. <sighs> Gasp. I, I do. I like it. Okay. I, yeah. I do. I think it's a fresh way to make a home look more modern. Because but, like, oh, and and I'm, if it's a historic brick, I'm a little less like the one that got thrown at Stonewall. Yes, just like that one. Don't paint that one white. Don't paint that one. No, white. don't whitewash that. The gay, well, white gays already think they did Stonewall, but it wasn't the white gays. Um, so the what the. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, and that's so important. So like a and like an '80s or '90s brick house. Paint her. Paint her. But see, here's the thing. Here's my question for you. Sure, why not? But once you've painted it, you can't unpaint it. it yeah, can't you, go, can. you can go back? Yeah, yeah you can just uh, sandblast it. You just got sandblasted. Yeah, you just sandblasted. <laughs> you just got sandblasted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You take the corn cob and you're you like, take the, yeah, you just, yeah, that's. Do <laughs> you know that we brought this from my home, my actual home? The, the, the Michelangelo's David with an ice cream cone on his face. It reminds me of like the corn cob art. Yes, that's yeah. that also is a photo of my home. <laughs> well, uh, I liked your home. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> next up, open floor plans. Um, I think they're fine. I prefer a little privacy. Um, I've lived in like lofts in downtown LA with like open floor plans, and it's not for me, but I, I think it's for someone. <laughs> and we think it's for someone. Yeah. Everything is for someone. Um, but I mean, that space is beautiful. So, oh, I'm supposed to say guilty or innocent. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> barn doors. Uh, if it's a barn door on a bathroom, can we cuss on here? Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. Why would you do that? Like, 
there, it doesn't muffle sound. It doesn't prevent s- smells from no. seeping out. Like, what was the point of it? Like, you can hear everything. It's also like, thank you so much for saying that. Like, it's not like, was there, they, the, the pocket door, they already cracked the code on the door. When you don't have enough room for the door, you do the pocket door. Well, pocket doors actually take up more space. But not, but not for opening and closing. Not for opening and closing. No, but right, in the right, right, walls, right. Yeah, in the yeah, walls, yeah, yeah. in the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking barn doors. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, you are? You're I not mean, in a barn? You know what? For a closet, maybe? Eh, whatever. But I don't... Yeah, I think they're just... So many times people put them on a bathroom, and I'm like, you didn't think this through. <laughs> you didn't think it through when you're sitting there with explosive diarrhea, and your spouse is laying in the bed, listening to it and smelling it. And your spouse is like, it's, this is Atlanta to yeah. Barcelona all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or, or not even your spouse, just like a hookup. You didn't think it through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's no good. Yeah. Yeah. The horse has left the barn door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, I'm like, I know yeah. what you mean, but actually. I don't. No, I don't think it. I don't know. I don't know what it could have meant. Wait question why are they making everything into uh, if you go it's like uh, do you see there's the farmhouses they're making everything look like pretend <laughs> you know, like farmhouses when the little kids like <laughs> <laughs> Again, absolutely absolutely destroyed today it's so cute it's fine it's fine but farm this the idea why are they making everything farm? farmhouses what happened Joanna. it's just a trend yeah. from them yeah huh yeah and a controversial. And again, oh. It's it's fine. It's fine. If farmhouse is your thing, it's your thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little. I'm done with it. We're done with it. Yeah, I'm done with it. I'm so sick of seeing these farmhouse McMansions in L.A. where it's they crazy. tore down these cute little craftsmen or homes with personality, and they just put up these massive modern farmhouses. And I'm like, that doesn't look like a farmhouse yeah, anymore. No one thinks there's a fucking sheep in yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, there might be. But yeah. <laughs> final one, guilty or innocent. Too many houseplants. Never enough. <gasps> yeah. Because it makes the air nice. It makes the air nice. It, it releases endorphins. It just, it, there's a whole chapter in my book about plants and what they do for your mental health and your well-being. And just also, they look great. We love plants. We love plants. Innocent. And show people the book. It's called Right at Home, How Good Design is Good. Nice. For the mind. For the mind. <laughs> I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. How good the design is good. <laughs> and it's Although, out. that's a cute title, too. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I thought it was different earlier. Uh, it's out on September 12th. Easy to remember because the day after a day you'll never forget. No. <laughs> Brian sneaks things into the cards. When we come back, don't forget to buy the book. When we come back, the rant wheel. Dishes and pizza. Now that I have the Midwest's attention, Love It or Leave It is coming to Chicago on September 21st and Madison on September 22nd for two great nights of mayhem, malur, and ill-advised dairy consumption. I'll be joined by wonderful guests like Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson, Peter Sagal, Alice Wetterland, Jillian Flynn, Ben Wickler, and more. Tickets are going fast. Head to crooked.com slash events to get yours today. And just one note, I know that Deep Dish is pizza. And in fact, just because we had a conversation about Chicago at the office, I ordered a deep dish pizza yesterday. Yeah. We'll be right back. All right. And we're back. 
Please welcome back to the stage, London, Marcella, and Congressman Ro Khanna. Thanks for being willing to stick around. Hello. Congressman. Hello. We've got multiple dogs. Do you remember what friends they were in the green room? Yeah, well, they beefed They were now. arch nemesis out here. Seriously. She's a, it's her first time. Seriously. Yeah. This is what happens. Fame Look. changes you. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Here's the thing. Crazy. Uh, Dogs are uh, like their owners, uh, sweet, a little loud. And the second she thought there was someone who might take a little bit of her limelight, yeah. she wanted to eat them. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I know people like that. <laughs> Aren't you like that? <laughs> I'm joking. He's the best. Hey. Have you had fun on this show? It's I been... have. I didn't fall. Was he rude to you? I didn't fall. <laughs> yeah. The last time London and I worked together, I fell. Where'd you fall? Uh, <laughs> off the stage of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> We were, wrong, celebrity, we were on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, which I won, by the way. And uh, he, yeah. Because I was injured. Not because you were, the fall didn't affect your brain. It was it your did. shoulder. But every time I spun that wheel, I was in agony. Yeah, I no, couldn't he even dealt see with, the wheel. He dealt with, he dealt with it hey, very well. You played through the pain. I he did, did, I did. No, he uh, did. She actually didn't know today I that I, even... I like pretty much went to the hospital afterwards. Oh, did you really? Shit. Yeah. Not he... literally, but I ended up in like chiropractor and physical therapy for like a month and a half. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. styled it out so well, I had no idea. No, I it's well, called acting, darling. Well done, darling. Thank you. Well done. I was going to say, was he rude to you? Because he was rude no, to me when no, I was not on at it. all. He was so sweet. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You wait. Why? Why were you mean to London though? Oh, she's just a little girl. <laughs> and now you're in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. Congress. Pelosi once said, "Don't go on with a comedian. I've got like three of them here." You really do. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Everybody pull out their dicks. Let's go. <laughs> My bad. And now it's time for the rant wheel. Yeah! <laughs> I haven't complained about a single thing for weeks, so let's do this. On the wheel, we have uh, the 2024 Republican candidate playlist, as was published by Politico. We have people who say they like people watching. We have using social media to go viral. We have Beyonce wondering why people couldn't go on mute. We have the British Royals. We have Tom Hardy's American accent. We have being single over 30. And we have... Uh, Kyle XY only getting three seasons. <laughs> very specific. Very specific. Wow. Let's, let's. Is that the guy with no belly button? Yeah, no yes. belly button. Oh, yeah. You remember the poster at the mall? Yeah, he was hot, oh except for the God. no belly button thing. That, that was weird. Wow. No, that so was my. That was, uh, yeah. Love it. I want that one. Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> How will you do a body shot? Oh, here we go. <laughs> It has landed on Beyonce wondering why people mm, couldn't go on mute. Thank you so much. Um, it's me, Beyonce. Um, I was like, it's Beyonce thank here. Thank you so much. Uh, it's, a, it's amazing to be here with y'all. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. Um, you know, I'm so thankful. Um, it's incredible. Thank you so much um, for selling out three shows. At Sophie Stadium. Thank you so much. Do Jay Zeno. I just don't understand why y'all couldn't go on mute. Y'all um, saw the videos um, where everybody was going on mute, uh, but people in the nosebleeds um, just didn't do it. And I don't know why. Why it's so hard to flex like Helen Keller, but. Um, <laughs> It's okay. There's three shows left, and I need y'all to go on mute um, when I say go on mute. 
Thank you so much. It's me, Beyonce, <laughs> and I'm so thankful. It's a blessing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is correct. Innocent. <laughs> Innocent. That was yes. good. Ooh. Oh, my. That, that was, was a very good impression. I really thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's. So, there's so many videos of her this weekend saying thank you so much. You had it in your phone. I had messages of people telling me they thought of me when they watched her talk because thank you so much is all she's saying. That's all she's saying. So much to be so thankful for. It's a gratitude tour. Thank you so much. Go on mute. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> let's spin it again. Using oh, social yes. media to go viral, which I believe was suggested by Congressman Rokana. I was hoping I didn't have to follow that, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, my, my rant, they said, what do you want to rant about? I said, why does everyone in this country suddenly have a rant? Like you go on social media, everyone seems to be upset about something, ranting on something. Even, even the most thoughtful, nuanced writers, professors, they go on social media it's one long rant. And well, they're bored it, right now. So. You know, they, uh, and then they want to, and then everyone, you know, I do it too. You want, you count how many retweets you have, likes you have, and then you, it's like this empty feeling at the end of it. We did all of that ranting. How about we just stop ranting just for one day? Well, I mean, sort of a tough rant mid-segment. Yeah. Uh, little heads up, heads up next time. Like, hey, I'm going to fucking fuck this whole thing up. <laughs> Make you seem like a real chump when you try to rant about something you saw in the news next. Uh, no, but it's such an important point during this segment called The Rant Wheel, our beloved and famous segment of The Rant Wheel. We are part of the problem and we're doing nothing to change it. <laughs> no, I, but one thing I've noticed is there's a certain kind of academic that goes on social media. They lose all faculties. They just sort of, you're like, oh no, I thought you were really good. Yeah, and like, really like, yeah, they were like you smart. Yes. And you're it's like, just, you're a nut. Like, oh. Yeah, and then, you go, then they go into it. I mean, it's like that you lose all sense of how people talk. I mean, maybe not on this rant section, but like normal, <laughs> normal conversation. You, know, you go on social media and it's just like people lose it. I don't do social media because it's beneath me. Like, I'm not a TikTok. Oh. It's beneath me in every way. I'm, not okay. a I'm actually funny in real life because I don't want to be a TikTok comedian in yeah. the same bracket as a girl that know, eats girl, bananas that some, and farts songs. I don't, what? They make some money. I've got money. Tini shoes, a, a on. <laughs> I'm good. Hey, London. I, I didn't say you didn't make money. I make funny money. TikTok money. And I'm not going to be dancing and doing miming along to some bullshit for stuff. It's evolved so, now. You don't have to do that as much on oh, TikTok. Because really? that's why I refuse as well. I'm like, I can't dance. Yeah, can't you? So oh, I can't great, be on TikTok. I'm a great dancer. Yeah. I used yeah. to think I was, but Karamo tells me I'm not. Oh, really? Yeah. No, don't listen to him. Mm. Hey. Sure no, listen to him. He's black. He's probably right. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's spit it again. <laughs> Oh, it has landed on the 2024 candidate playlist. So here's all I want to say about this. You know, it had all the things you would have expected. Chris Christie uh, likes Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, his first song is Eminem. But what stopped me in my tracks is I'm on Nikki Haley's list, and it says, Fast Car. Bye. Tracy Chapman. No. Oh. The country dude that read Luke read, yeah. Combs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't I love covers. I think there's beautiful and amazing covers. 
Uh, I think it's cool that in Aretha Franklin's cover of Eleanor Rigby, she starts by saying, I'm Eleanor Rigby. That always thought that was the coolest fucking thing. Whitney Houston uh, covering I Will Always Love You. I Will Always Love, I will you. Always love you. Famously repeated, mostly, though that's it. That is the lyric. <laughs> a lot of great covers out there. This is this is a fun segment. Ouch. Um, what? Why are you trying to? You're doing the thing. You're bullying me. I am not Am I shining you. too brightly? I'm not is, it, you. is my light threatening to you? It's, no, I want you to shine more. I want. I'm on your team. Listen. <laughs> as, hey, as a po- bully, I will say she's not bullying you. You're just caving too quickly. <laughs> caving too quickly. Uh. Caving in. Why are you siding with guests? (laughs) I'm here every goddamn week. The point I was going to make is... Yeah, what's the point? Sorry. Your favorite song, one of your favorite songs is Fast Car, but but not the one by Tracy Chapman. That is cuckoo. She's trying to pander to the bass. But there's something so like, wow, can you believe it? He's singing that song and he's making it, he's making it work. People love that. I'm sure they do. They do. They love that. I'm it's, sorry. It's but. on the Spotify hits playlist when that I skip. I yeah. skip it because because of the because of the algorithms. Yeah. This guy can't seem to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's Congress in Silicon Valley's fault. And that's really the most important thing. Yeah, because she was like the most normal one on the stage, and now the song. Now I'm going to have to view it in all. Nikki all Haley's the most normal one on the stage. Oh, well, well, on the debate stage. Yeah. That's wow. a good stage. Well, I think that's honestly though. I yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I agree. He's right. Yeah. Like she was like climate change isn't a hoax or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a low she bar. She said it isn't. Bold statement well, no, for no, a Republican to make. <laughs> she, she, she was at least. I, you know, I believe least, that climate change you know, is just Jesus hugging us a little closer. Here's the thing. <laughs> 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 Hey, I didn't make that up. That's Tina Fey when she was uh, impersonating. What's the dumb one from Ar- from Alaska? Palin, Palin, Palin. Nikki Haley was at least like evasive and like avoided the question, which is like what Republicans used to do. Right now, they just are like climate change is a hoax. So like, I I prefer the party that just avoided the questions and you know they, <laughs> the, the spin. At least they were were pretending. They'd be like, my Look God, over there! there's just no room under that bar. There's just, that, <laughs> that bar is that bar is on the fucking ground. Yeah. Let's spin it again. <laughs> is there something you can take from what I just did and make it in part of the show? <laughs> it has landed on the British Royals. Oh, that's mine. I'm just so fucking. Be sick careful because you got a British royal sitting you know next what? to you. You know what? I know. Okay. I'm not talking about you. I'm okay. talking about the ones who don't want to be royals, but then don't and want their privacy, but they're everywhere. And oh, take pictures of me and just go away. Yes. <laughs> Tell us the, um, how you really feel. Queen. Go away. You want privacy? Great. That's fine. Just go away. Where's, they they went away. They're in Montecito. No, that's not going away. <laughs> you're, you're not sympathetic to Harry on the whole. <sighs> I mean, I don't know him personally. This isn't <laughs> I mean, a, no, a personal what, what jab. Like Why are you saying that? Because we're well, both gingers. No, because there was like. Right. <laughs> are you ginger? No, because you're both white. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. The hmm. Of all I the just, no, elaborate. No, more. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, no, sorry, I continue. Like I just like feel like they are a like, huge expense to, to the more. British public, okay. and they do nothing for them. The ro- the ones okay. in the ones in the, in the, no, the, the council. Yeah, talk yeah. about the real. All right. Yeah. So, all right. You can yeah. go for that. Me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. 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 Do you see? Did they ever find out? You know, we don't know what's wrong with Mitch McConnell. Did they ever find out what's going on with Charles's hands? I know. It's just he's got kings. 
fingers. He's got big chunky, oh, no, big chunky fingers. fingers. Like that. I don't like him. <laughs> I, but can I just say, Prince Prince Charles, because I always call him Prince Charles, but he's a king now. So King Prince Charles, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the prince formerly, the, the king, yeah, formerly, king known known prince. Prince. the king formerly known as Prince. The king formerly known as Prince. I did a gig <laughs> for, for Royal Armed Forces Day. I did stand up and he, I was the only black girl there and he made a beeline to me and he said, I was far too pretty to be a comedian. Oh, I know, and I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but yeah. I kind of am like. Oh, is, he, I gotta tell you, is, he, ugly, is he saying so that yeah, all comedians yeah, are? I don't know, but he was just like, I would have to say, I, I, I just think you're far too pretty to be a comedian. I was like, oh, suck your dick. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. What's that? <laughs> Natasha Legero has a great joke because she used to have people say that to her. It went, um, people always tell me I'm too pretty to be a comedian, and I always tell the guy, you're too ugly to be talking to me. So that's yes. what you should have <laughs> said. But like, the God thing bless is, Natasha Legero, it's the funny. same energy but Prince Charles could get it though like he's not too Wait, what? Uh, what? No. let me tell you why let me tell you why let me tell you why there was a rumor back in the day right that Prince Charles was secretly having oh, like, a liaison with one of the three degrees the singers right so he's into black girls and that's why just because he's into black girls wait, he can get it wait that's why that's why no. Harry and Meghan is like such a thing because he's just like his father. But with Prince Charles, the thing I like about him is, is he has he money. Father? And so for that reason, yes, I would kick it with him. Yes. And money taken from half the world. But that, to, yeah. You know what? To be fair, yeah. to be fair, yeah, that, oh. I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want I don't want I don't want that dirty money. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta want that I daddy want dick. I don't want it, Prince King Charles. It still spends. You know, it's that credit. The card, the card still swipes. No one needs to know that it came from art that's in no, the Ashmolean. No, it really came know? from. It was like the way the British Museum is just so fucked up. Just stole everyone's yeah. shit and then put it in a museum and then charged them to look at it. It's crazy. Like colonialism is really bad, guys. <laughs> like seriously. And, and I'm so and glad look, you finally said it. So And look, there was one thing that really, tonight's show. Really was all about yeah that was it yeah uh and it doesn't you know sure he's rich <laughs> yes but at what cost yeah. spin it again oh wait he forgot my well, rap because you, you gave us oh look at that well there we well, go yeah. there we go nah is, let me change it I, I don't like you my rap is about you <laughs> i came on your show you looked away from me. You didn't. Even, you forgot that I had a run. You're disrespectful. I don't like it. Yeah. I want to leave it. I don't love it. Would you just do that for anything? Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was something you reserved for moments no. of happiness. No. No. Yeah, it has landed on being single over. 30. Okay. Yes. Um, my run is <laughs> shock. Um, my run is. It's so annoying being single over 30 because being single in your 20s is fun and I loved it. I actually was single on purpose. But being single in your 30s as a woman, like you've missed the first draft of good men because they're all married. So you're in the second draft. You've got to wait for the divorces, but then you're in this weird era. But it's a weird era where men are like, I went on a date with a guy who told me he was a director, but it turns out he was a director of a funeral home. Oh. <laughs> so this is the thing. And like, the thing is, he was married as well. I just feel like it's not fair on me. I'm a queen and I've got all these paupers that I'm mingling with. And then the more, the older you get in your 30s, the more money you make as a woman, the more successful you are, the smaller your dating pool gets. And now my dating history is like a who's who of Uber drivers. And I do not like it. So I don't like being single over 30. And uh, yeah, that's my well, thank you for sharing that. And I'll just say, I was thinking about that, which is, I accidentally 
wasn't single in my 30s. I decided to be single in my late 20s and then early 40s. Uh, Happens. Uh, so I just skipped it. I never did single in my 30s. Wasn't uh, single in my 30s for even one second. Mm. Um, yeah, my husband and I have been together since I was 22. This All right. is the no, thing. Wait, wait, wait. No, Shut no, up. No, Shut no, up. I, I, but you guys got <laughs> to be single and have fun. No. Out of no. no. <laughs> this is the yeah, thing. Everybody, boom. And the thing is, like, I can't even talk to my single... Like, I, I, I have single girls and we're all saying the same shit, but then my other friends are like married with kids and I can't talk to them. They don't get it. I'm out here. They're there with babies and I'm out here sucking dick in the trenches. It's not the same. So like they can't relate to my life. And then, well, like, that I is just how have, they got babies. Well, that's true. Yeah. But it's just like I need new friends now. I need Wait, single girlfriends. All my married made? friends are boring. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. It's just hard. I don't like it. Yeah. Do you understand? No, I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. You want to touch on it? You want to say anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're just gonna. We'll just sit here then. Um. When we come back, <laughs> we'll end on a high note. And we're back because we all need it this week. Here it is, the high note. Hey, love it. It's Liz. I'm calling from Northern California. I left you a high note about a year ago that a year after losing everything in a wildfire, we had broken ground on our new house. And I'm so excited to tell you that we moved home last week and we have a beautiful house. And I just, I'm so thankful for our community and our family and our friends. And I did not plan on crying. I just, and thank you guys as always for all of the work that you do. Um, and just sending lots of love to everybody in Hawaii. We've been there. We've been through it. You can do this and come out the other side. Take care. Hey, my name is Katie. And after four months of looking for a job, I just signed an offer letter this week and I cannot express how excited and thankful I am to be employed again. A lot of my friends asked how I'm going to be celebrating, and it's probably I'm going to the doctor because I lost health insurance, and this is why we need universal health care. But it's definitely a high note, and I can't wait to start my new gig. Love you, John. Love listening to the show. Thanks for all you do. I love it. This is Angie from Toledo, Ohio. Um, I love your show. My kids love your show. My whole family loves your show. But aside from that, my high note was um, for this week was this week coming up will be my first day teaching in my first year of teaching um, middle school English language arts um, here in the state of Ohio. I am a first-year teacher at 36 years old. Um, I finished my student teaching while escaping a, um, an abusive marriage uh, with two kids and not getting paid for student teaching. So um, I am overjoyed to finally be able to take this step and be an educator for the future in Ohio and hopefully someday turn this state blue where we don't have to worry about fighting for women's rights anymore because they're already guaranteed in our Constitution. Thanks, love it. Hi, my name is Cassidy, and my high note is that I'm starting my uh, master's in English program this week. Um, I grew up in a conservative Mormon family, which is uh, kind of a redundant statement, but uh, I left and went to BYU for my undergrad, and, you know, I'm just really excited to finally be in a program where I can be myself and 
not be worried about uh, getting kicked out of school and losing my housing or my job over um, drinking coffee or tea or wine. And um, I'm really emotional about it because I graduated from BYU and I'm a queer woman. And, you know, that place has killed a lot of us. And so I'm really happy to have the freedom to finally be myself at 23. So for anybody else who's going through something similar, just uh, hang in there and you will get through it too. Uh, thanks. Hi, love it. My name is Danielle, and my partner and I are huge fans of your show. He actually introduced me to it a few years ago, and we've been listening ever since. I wanted to leave this high note because as your next episode airs, we should be driving in the car as we often do listening in, but this time we're going to be driving to get married. So I wanted to say that my high note is marrying my fiance, Ross. Ross, thank you so much for being my person in this crazy world. I'm looking forward to all our life adventures together. Love it. We'll see you at your show in D.C. after we're back from our honeymoon, and we can't wait. Thank you so much for making us laugh and keeping us sane. Bye. Thanks, everybody who called in with a high note tonight. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, call us at 323-538-2377. That is our show. Thank you so much to Marcella Arguello, London Hughes, Ro Khanna, Bobby Burke. There are 422 days until the 2024 elections. Have a great weekend. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our executive producer. Brian Semmel is our producer. And Malcolm Whitfield is our associate producer. Howie Keeper is our head writer. Sarah Lazarus, Jocelyn Kaufman, Pulvi Ganalan, Peter Miller, Rebecca Kaplan, Alan Pierre, and Chandler Dean are our writers. Evan Sutton is our editor. And Kyle Seglin provides audio support. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designer, Jesse McLean, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Zuri Irvin, David Tolls, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroot for filming and editing video each week so you can. You can find those glorious videos at www.youtube.com slash at Love It or Leave It podcast. That's the best we could do, I guess. Subscribe to Love It or Leave It on YouTube for access to video versions of your favorite segments and other exclusive content. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on IG and Twitter. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.